Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I want to minister this a little bit. Uh, title of this would be Keeping a Right Heart When Family Goes All Wrong. And I've been, we've been following David's life with a tagline called Keeping a Right Heart When the World Goes All Wrong. When I want to spend a couple of weeks about the family. And I try every week, I pray, and I say, God, what can I say this week that's going to help folks? Whenever they're listening to this message, whether you're watching it right now, and I don't want to forget our three platforms. we got folks tuning in on the website, on Facebook, and on our YouTube. We also, you may be watching this later in the week, but I pray, we pray seriously on every song that we worship with, on how we lead you. And, and I treat every week as if it's the most important message I can give. That's how I've always ministered. And, and so I want you to know that what I'm getting ready to share with you is about the family. And it's, a, it's, it's a, something that God, God has a plan for our family, as you can just see today, what, how fitting that was for, for Don and for Matt to come up here. And, and there's so many others in our church that serve. Um, and God wants all of us to do something that will make a difference in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and so that's what I want to get across here today. So let's get right into it. We're in 2 Samuel um, chapter 13. I'm not going to read the story, but it's a, let me just give you a little context. This is um, David, right? At, last week I talked about his incident with Bathsheba. He had a terrible failure uh, and he committed adultery, then murder. It was a very, very dark season for King David, but he bounced back. And um, later in chapter 12, you'll see he went right back to fighting. You know, the Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. I said he gets back up. And so we got to learn, what do you do when, when you fall or when you, when you blow it? You get back up. That's what you do in Jesus' name. You get back up. Come on, put that in the chat. You get back up. Tell somebody next to you, get back up. You got to get back up. David got right back up. Later in that same chapter, he went right back to fighting. He went right back to battling the enemy. He went right back to conquering his enemies. And never forget that. So now we get to chapter 13, and David now begins to experience some family problems. And I love the Bible because it leaves nothing out. It doesn't, it doesn't shy away from this. It's very open. It's very honest. It's very transparent, and it tells this horrible story of what happened. It's been now two years since the Bathsheba incident. David is now 53 years old in this chapter. And we're going to learn about three of his kids. Amen. Everyone say Amen. Absalom, everybody say Absalom, and Tamar, and Tamar. We're going to really focus on Amon and Tamar, but Amon or Amnon is the oldest. He is 22 years old, and he is next in line to become king. And then Absalom is 20 years old. He's a very handsome man. We'll talk about him next week. Uh, and then you have the youngest is Tamar. She's only 15. Now, what happens in this chapter is a very horrific um, Sin and Amon and Tamar are actually um, half brothers and sisters. They have the same dad, King David, but they got different mothers. Absalom and Tamar are biological. They have the same mom and same dad. So Amon and Tamar are stepbrothers and sisters. And as you read this story in chapter 13, Amon begins to develop some sort of a, a, a desire for his stepsister. 
and he begins to want to be with her, and he is losing weight. He is so infatuated that it turns into an infatuation for his sister Tamar. And uh, then he gets this plan to trick her to come take care of him. He pretends to be sick. She comes in, and his, his friend, which we'll talk about here in a minute, locks them into the door, and he has his way with her. She tries to resist and just says, Hey, if you will go to our dad, King David, in the law at that time, since they were not biological, they could have actually married one another at that time in the law. And she's saying, hey, you know, we can do this right if you want, you know. And But Amon, the Bible says, was stronger than her, and he t- violated her and took advantage of her, and he raped her. And it's a horrible story. And the Bible, then the Bible says this, after he laid with her, he hated her more than he loved her. It turned to hate. He then kicked her out of the house. He said, get away from me there. And later in that chapter, which is a, in the Hebrew, he calls her like a dog. He just totally just turns on you. And uh, this awful sin gets out. It's a scandal in the palace. David's heart is broken. But he doesn't correct Amnon because Amnon is the next in line to be king. So David did not do his due diligence. He was a great king. He was winning on the battlefield, but he lost it at home. That is such a powerful lesson for all of us as parents to learn. It doesn't matter how successful we are, how much money we make, how big our 401k is, how well we are appreciated, and how well we do our job at home. Listen, God has called our first priority, men and mothers, to be the head of the home and and to to be godly parents and to lead our family and to win in our home front. Amen? And we can do that with God's grace. And I'll talk about, I'm talking about that here today. So, so David kind of let it go. Well, Absalom is Tamar's biological brother. He hears about it. He is furious. And he goes on and he has Amon killed. It's a horrible scandal in the palace. It goes throughout. Now, when I talk about Israel, right, I want you to see as we're learning about this and, and gleaning these these points, and, and, and so we can apply them in our own lives in 2020. I love the Bible. It's so relevant. It's the most relevant book on the planet. That's why it's the number one best-selling book in human history. Amen? Because it, it, it can deal with any situation we deal with. But I want you to see, Israel is not a couple of hundred Jews running around in, in the Middle East right here. This is a, the most powerful kingdom on planet Earth. This was before Rome. And if Rome was at its peak during Israel's peak with King David, it would have took Rome out. just want you to know how powerful Israel was. You're talking tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of people uh, under the reign of King David. It wasn't a little thing. And this sin got out, and it was horrific, and it was awful. And um, David then just, his family just began to go the other way and he began to battle out some problems and we'll talk about them over the next few weeks. But God was in it and he was with David and he just, it's David continued to surrender to God. Please listen to this. No matter how bad it gets in your life, you can always know that we can surrender whatever we're dealing with to God and he's always got an answer. Amen? Now listen, we may never have a situation like this in our families that's this horrific and however, we, many of us have and many of us will go through very tough situations, listen, in our family that have to deal with our sons and daughters, getting with the wrong people, toxic relationships, sexual problems and sexual identity problems. And, 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 and let me just say this, those problems affect the entire family. 
There's something as a parent that I've learned that I'm only, parents are only as happy as their saddest child. Have you ever found that to be true? Uh, you could go on a vacation. I remember when our girls were little, one of our favorite places to go to was the zoo. And I remember we would go to the zoo, and it was always the hottest day in the summer that we went. I don't know why, but it did. And one of our girls, you know, my girls were not that big into animals. I basically went, I, you know, was, that's another thing. You know, when you give a gift, you should give it to what they like and not what you like. How, how many's learned that? that are? <laughs> so I thought, I thought taking them to a zoo would be a good thing. No, that's what I like to do. Amen. So anyway. We got there, and they hate it, you know, and I remember they would cry, and, and it would ruin the whole trip. You know, I'm, look at that lion, you know, before I throw you in that cage, look at that lion. But when our kids are not happy, have you found out to be true, no matter if it's a vacation, no matter a trip, if your kids ain't happy, you ain't going to be happy. And as they get older in life, even as young adults and, and things like that, one of the things that we hate to see as parents is our children to be sad. Come on, somebody. And so these, these situations that, that are affecting our kids, they do affect the entire family because we care for them. The first thing I want you to know is that this is how we, this could have been prevented. How can we prevent situations like this? This is where I'm going with this today. As I watched, read this story, I was like, man, what did he do wrong? What went wrong? That's what I always do, right? You learn from the Bible. You read it, and then you find out what did they do wrong. And so that's how you read the Word of God. And the first thing I do want to say is no matter your family background, no matter what kind of upbringing that you have had, no matter what your family genealogy dictates, no matter what history of sinful patterns or addiction or divorce or whatever situations that is in your family's genetics, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ can heal, can deliver, and can break the cycle of every family. He can break, he can heal, he can change family patterns. If you're new to the faith and you're new to Christianity, there's this thing called fam, uh, generational curses. It's a belief that certain patterns that families have can be found later in other families. They just seem to battle with it. I don't know about family generations, but I do know about family choices. I do know that there are certain things in families that are more dominant than others, uh, than others and there, there is a propensity that some families have, whether it be toward alcohol, violence, sexuality. I mean, it does seem that different families have their own battles. But I'm, I don't know what all that is, but I do know this, that Jesus can break, as I said, every chain. He can break every cycle. Every pattern. You need to know that. You need to know that. I, I wrote this down. We all have our family in our bones, but you must have Jesus in your heart. Listen, if you're watching online, you may have grandpa in your bones, but you need Jesus in your heart. Come on. Which, in other words, the genetics are real. There are things that I do believe is handed down. Jesus said, I will bless your children upon thousands of generations, but I will also visit their iniquities. In other words, their, their iniquities will also be in the family for hundreds of generations. I love, uh, the point is this, you need to receive Christ for yourself. That's how you break it. I love the, what the first century chaplain uh, Tomer, Thomas Fuller wrote. In the first century... He writes this and he says, Lord, I see the genealogy of my Savior, talking about Jesus Christ, listen to this, strangely checkered with four remarkable changes in four immediate generations. Rehoboam, now these are Bible names, but stick with me, Rehoboam begat Abiah, that is, a bad father had a bad son. 
Abiah begat Asa, that is a bad father, had a good son. Asa begat Jehoshaphat, that is a good dad, had a good son. Jehoshaphat begat Joram, that is a good dad and a bad son. He says, I see, Lord, that my father's goodness cannot be handed down. That is bad for me. However, I also see that my badness is not hereditary. This is good news for my son. I think that is one of the most accurate statements that, this, that I've ever heard when it comes to that. Listen, having a good upbringing in the house of God absolutely makes a difference. But Christian parents, don't, get, don't make a mistake. Just because they grow up in church don't mean they're going to grow up in Christ. They, we, the point is this, we simply all have a choice that sooner or later we all must choose to serve Jesus for ourselves. That's the point. That's the whole point of what I'm saying. In other words, Jesus don't have any grandkids. Think about that. And growing up in a Christian home, it's an honor for, for us as bo us boys to grow up and see my mom and dad. And the legacy that they handed over to us and, and, and the, the life that they lived, it is an honor. It does make it a little bit easier, I will say that. But at the end of the day, everyone must choose. And so, Amen in this story, he could have chosen to follow the good example David laid out for him, or he chose to follow that sexual issue that he did have, that one incident. And isn't it amazing that out of all the victories David had, this one little incident seems to be what Amon was thinking and God and many think it was connected to David's sin. I don't know about all of that. I know I do know this Amon had a choice. Tell somebody I got a choice. And you got a choice. Come on, put that in the chat today. You got a choice. I got a choice. And the point is this choose Christ. You got to choose Christ. Now let, let me keep going. The other thing that could have prevented it. Number one was that Amon would have chose for himself. That's so good. Somebody needs to hear that today. I don't care if you're the only Christian in your family that's watching this message or in this building today. The Bible says that all God needs is one in a family. And God can make a difference. You be that one that makes a difference. And Amon was. Amon was doing a pretty good job. He, he, he was battling this thing, this lust thing. And it began to get worse to where he began to lose weight. But something happened in verse 3 that ended up costing him to go a little bit further. And these are the, most, the five most powerful words that can change a family forever. It is this in verse 3. But Amon had a friend. But Amon had a friend. Come on, church parents, listen up. But Amon had a friend. Those five words changed this entire story. And it actually says that whose name was Jonabab, he was the son of Shemaiah, that's David's brother, and he was a very wicked or crafty man. So they're actually cousins, but they were very close. And see, this is what matters and makes a difference in every area of our life is the kinds of relationships that we do allow into our... Again, we're talking about how to prevent, how to have a right heart when the family goes all wrong. Listen, it does start with the kind of friends and influence that our kids do have outside of the church. I'm telling you that. That is. That, that's not just old-fashioned preaching. Listen, if they come to youth and if they come to service, and now with YouTube and live streaming, they can watch a lot of church and, and get a lot of ministry. But what happens outside of there can change the trajectory of their future. It really can. This man... This cousin of his, when he was battling this, let me just show you what could have happened if he was a man of covenant. Remember, we talked about David. He had Jonathan. 
He had a, he had a, he stayed connected to people of covenant. Come on, somebody. You got to stay connected. You, when I got saved, I had a lot of friends. And what most of them then began to do as I began to get closer to Jesus is I didn't, I, I didn't hate them, but many became acquaintances instead of them because I was, I was, and it's a tough thing to do is to, is to choose Christ. And I began to pray for them. But I knew that if I continued down that path and hanging out in that circle and in that environment, that the, the treasure that God has in me and the work he has in me would, would not flourish. I knew that. I realized that. That's what I'm trying to show you today. This friend could have said, amen, what's going on? Because he did. And he said, I'm losing weight. I'm infatuated with her. And he goes, he could have said, man, this is, this is crazy, but let's go to the king. Let's go to David. You know, in the law, you could actually have her as a wife. In other words, there's a right way to handle this. Let's pray about it. Let's fast about it. Come on, let's, let, let, let's do it. But he didn't. He's the one that said, I've got an idea. Please hear this today. It's a little bit of my youth pastor for 11 years coming out today. He's the one that said, pretend that you're sick. We'll ask her to come take care of you. And he says this, when she's in the room with you, he locked the door. He's the one that locked the door. This entire situation would have happened differently if Amon would have simply broke ties with him. I love what Proverbs says. It says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Why? Because the way of the wicked lead them astray. That's Bible. Isn't it amazing how it's so relevant for 2020? Kids could be doing so good in school, so good in, in homeschool. But now you can connect through, the, through uh, all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of ways that you can get that influence into our lives. But I'm telling you, this is, this is where it went wrong for Amen, And this is where it goes wrong. It's paying attention. My mama used to watch all my friends coming over. She would be like, hey, I don't, that kid right there? You're going to hang out and you're going to play in the front yard and front yard only. <laughs> and then you know what? There were was, there was some moms that said that about me. <laughs> One of them called me Eddie Haskell. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. You watching online? You know, you ever watch Eddie Haskell? I think it was from Leave It to Beavers at the old show. And he, he, was, he, would, he would kiss up to mom. Be like, how you doing? Whatever her now, I forget. And uh, Miss Cleaver. Yeah, Miss Cleaver would look right at him and boy, and be like, who you fooling, you know? And uh, I, I, I was one of them. Anyway, so, but Jesus got a hold of me and changed my life. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, you, the point is this, is, is friends, you choose them. Don't be in a hurry to have a best friend. That, that's, that's the lesson here. And this is a family. This, is a, this was his cousin. And this is where it went wrong. And this is so true today. You better be careful who you have a friend request or, or how, how you know, we do this. this. This still is relevant for today. I've seen it a million times. Go, be people being on fire for God, going after God, and the call of God is there, and they're growing in their faith. And then, but they had this friend Growing up, that was one of my issues in my neighborhood. Got real close to a friend and ended up pulling me out. And next thing you know, I began to come to church and I learned to live two lives. I learned to live the church life and another life outside. And, and I began to just develop this weird kind of religion, not a relationship with Christ. And it ended up leading me into a life of violence and bondage and depression and anxiety that I've never had before in my life. And at 25 years old, it turned me around. Let me tell you about 
another friend. The Bible says that you have a friend that will stick closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. His name is Jesus. You get Jesus in there, man, and he begins to, and whatever you give up to God, and I don't don't care what it is, it's not about giving something up for God. It's always a trade-up for God. Whatever God asks you to surrender, like in the beginning of the message, I said I had to surrender a heart. Listen, whatever we surrender to God, he always replaces it with something bigger and better. Please get that today. But let's move into the one thing that really prevented all of this pain and all of the problems. I wanted to spend the rest of the time on this right here. This is really is what the main difference is that we need to teach in our families, teach our kids, learn, and even have as adults that makes the difference between the world's plan and God's plan. It's one word, boundaries. Simply boundaries. That is one word that makes the difference between the the call of culture, which tells you to do whatever you feel like you need to do. Be true to yourself. That is the biggest lie to come out of the pit of hell. Let me tell you that right now. Why? Because the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The last person you need to trust is yourself. If you really do and be true to yourself and do what you feel, some of y'all would have done had three accidents on the way to work cutting people off. Right? That cashier that's got all mad and had a mask on and got you yelled at you or whatever. I mean, if you do what you feel, some of us would be locked up right now. The Bible says don't do that. You don't walk by feelings. You walk by faith. That's how the Bible says to live our lives. And you may stumble in that area, but I'll tell you what, you don't be true to yourself. Now, if you mean be true to yourself, if you mean uh, that you need to be true to what God has called you to do and to have these boundaries in your life, then absolutely. But you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get persecution. But what did Jesus say? His first message, blessed are you who are persecuted for my name's sake. We don't talk a whole lot about that because we have this thing where we want to fit in and we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be that woman, the one that, that, that prune or whatever. We don't want to be, no, 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 we want to try to fit in. And that's, that's where we get ourselves in trouble. But I'm telling you, man, boundaries is the way that can save us from a whole world of destruction. If we would just learn, we got to teach our kids to have these relational boundaries in our relationships and even in sexuality. This is really the main difference between the communities out there that are telling you about sexuality and and that basically it's whatever you feel. If you like a man, you like a woman, you like them both, you like whatever. I mean, it's it's who you are, it's your feeling. And I'm telling you this, we need to teach our kids there is a difference between attraction and letting that attraction become an action. What's the difference? A boundary. Last week, David had an attraction for a woman. You're going to have attractions. I'm not denying the attractions. I'm trying, I'm trying to help some of the families that deal with real issues of our loved ones and our kids that are dealing with real feelings. I'm not saying those feelings ain't real. They're real. They're there. I'm a man. I have feelings. But I also got to learn that those attractions do not become actions. I'm trying to help somebody today. And how do you do that? You put a boundary there. You put a boundary there. Somebody say boundary. If it's out of bounds, it's not for me. If David would have walked out, he saw that pretty woman, he ain't going to deny how he feels. And some churches and Christians will tell you, you just need to tell them that that's not a real feeling. No, no, that's valid. David had a feeling. 
That was real. You may have a feeling that doesn't line up with God's word. That's an attraction. You may be attracted. You'd be a married man, and you're attracted to all kinds of different feelings. Again, I'm telling you, what the difference is is making a boundary. David should have said, I got a boundary. I'm going back in my house. Amen. I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling this kind of way, but I got a boundary. Let me give you a couple things about boundaries. Number one, boundaries are biblical. You hear me? Boundaries are biblical. This could, this could change in a family. This can change the trajectory of people's lives. I wish this was on major news networks. Share this today on your Facebook if you're watching and you got some families that's dealing with this because the church has gotten silent when we should have been the one leading this discussion. We should be leading in these areas. We should. I used to talk about it all the time, and not all the time, but sometimes as a youth pastor. And I would talk about whenever I did a series on dating, it was the biggest turnout we've ever had. And one, you got to watch how you do it, though. Amen. I, you know, one night I, I was going to talk about sex, sexuality, the S word. And uh, I talked to some of the parents, and I had a video from uh, Ron Luce and from Acquired the Fire, which was a hot thing in the early 2000s. And it was, it was all, I had these, these young people, college students, who uh, some had a testimony of coming out of different lifestyles. And so I, I'm, I was going to do a series on this. And, and I had a new family that visited the church. And, and Dad said, hey, this new family wants to come out and check out the youth group tonight. And I said, tonight? <laughs> He said, yeah, mom, the mama wants to sit in on the youth night. I said, <laughs> I'm not feeling good tonight. You know what? We're, it's a pizza night tonight, y'all. She came in. She sat down. I showed that video. I, I remember looking over, and she was going. <laughs> it ended well. I, that's all I'll say. Anyway, but you got to, she did say, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate you having the boldness to talk about it, and that's, that's, you got to talk about these things. But boundaries, they're biblical. You're not going to find too many boundaries out there. Again, the culture is saying do whatever you feel, and I'm telling you that's going to get you in trouble if you go by your feelings. We learned that about the Amalekites a few weeks ago. Look what the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest preachers and apostles to follow Christ, says in 1 Corinthians 9. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Stop right there. He's, he's, saying, he's saying, I don't just run in circles. When, when, when I run, when I, when I exercise, when I try to get in shape, I got a goal. I got some boundaries. I, I don't just shadow box. I, I actually hit it with a partner. There's a technique. There, there's, I, I just, he says if we live our life without boundaries, we're living recklessly. But he says this, but no, I discipline my body. One translation says, I beat it into subjection. I bring it under control. Why? So that after I've preached, I myself could become a castaway. Wow. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm an apostle, and, you know, I eat pork chops now. That was a big thing in the Jewish culture because he, he says that we're free from the law. But having freedom doesn't mean that we do whatever we want. We just do what we ought. And he says, I, I, but I got some rules that I live by. And that's what I'm trying to get across today. 
is that there has to be some boundaries in this horrible story. We don't, and there's horrible stories like this that take place in so many families and have, have hurt so many families. And so many of us have even got ourselves into the weeds, uh, off the main road of what God's called us in. And we've opened our mind and become so open-minded that we tilted our head and common sense kind of slid out, if I could say it like that, in our culture. Listen, be open-minded but narrow-hearted. Open-minded, sit down, have understanding, have conversations with people. That's what Jesus did. Don't just condemn people. Sit down, have conversations, talk about them. Where are you? Jesus was always into connecting before he corrected. And so you sit down, you have these conversations. Just one thing that be an open mind, but have a narrow heart, meaning Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but for him. You've got to have those boundaries are there. Is this helping anybody today? Boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. They're biblical. Secondly, boundaries are what God uses to reach purpose. Boundaries is what God uses for us to reach purpose. God's got a purpose for your life. God's got a purpose for all of our lives. And what boundaries do is it helps us reach our goal. Again, with no boundaries, you'd be going all over the place. When I used to work at the Detroit River, we would uh, work with the Marine Mercy Service, and we would tow boats. And if people, and what we would get all the time, especially on big events, summer events, the fireworks in Detroit, fireworks in Grozeal, whenever there was a big party out on the water, we would always be ready because it was going to be a money night for us. We were going to make a lot of money because we, t- we charged $2 a minute to come and tow your boat from wherever we get you from back to the, 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 the pound, the, the uh, yard, which was in Rouge River. And here's the point. Every time it never failed, people would get on the waters and they would think because they're not on the streets, there was no boundaries. They, could, they can drive, they can get drunk, they can just go anywhere. No, those buoys have a purpose. <laughs> and, and, you, and you cannot be drinking and driving out on the boat. But so many did not. They thought, and we would hear it every night. So Wayne County Sheriff, they would have police on the patrol, the Harbor Patrol, and Wayne County Sheriff's patrol on the water. So I'm giving you a spoiler alert if you got plans this weekend. They're out there. It's not a free-for-all. It's not, oh, I'm on the open road. Now, these little lakes, you know, they also have their own uh, boats. But on the Detroit Rivers, police monitor that. And we are the tow truck that comes and tows you. That's who I worked with. And so it, every night it would, it would not fail. And they would always say this. I thought it was just like no rules out here. I did, you know, and do you have life vests? Everyone's got to have a life. I mean, it would always go on. And he would always say this. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse of the law. <laughs> and I'd be hooking their boat up and I, $2 a minute all the way back. Many think that sometimes that we're big enough, we're strong enough. I can handle some of these things. But I'm telling you, the purpose that God has may be a purpose for your kids. Can your kids handle it? Can your families handle it? Please hear me today. This ain't no old-fashioned. This is new stuff that needs to be remembered and honored. This is how we save and preserve our families. Listen to this. This is so good, so important. we got to have some boundaries in our lives. Amen was a king's kid, and he would have become king. That was his purpose. His purpose, he was going to be king. It wasn't going to be Solomon. It was going to be his first, God, his first line was Amen. He was a king's kid. And some of us have, we have king's kids that grow up in church. Many youth groups were called king's kids. We had CAs, Christ ambassadors, back in the day. King's kids, we grow up. Listen, there's going to be kids that are not king's kids. Amen's cousin wasn't a king's kid. He was not a person of covenant. 
And he came in, and he's the one that had this idea. Come on, yeah, do your little church thing, but here, we're going to really do this. And we gotta, we got to teach our children these boundaries. If we don't, Cardi B will. This is going to be real with you. Download her new song. You want your kid? I mean, I'm, I... Oh, well, why didn't God do this? No, no, I'm telling you what, why, God. God is leaving that up to us to say, hey, someone's going to teach our kids. And I'm saying we got to want to say, hey, it's, it's in the Bible, man. We got to have these boundaries. Listen, I know you feel away, and couples need to get the boundaries in place. If you're dating before your marriage, you got to get, you got to get boundaries in place. You got to talk about that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to prevent a second Samuel 13 from happening to you. You got a purpose. You need to lock arms with people with purpose and say, Hey, I got a boundary there. You may not want to hang with me no more, but that's okay. Cause I got a purpose in my life. I'm going somewhere. I got a call on my life. That's why I got to put them boundaries. I'm not hating on you. I'm not judging you. God's going to judge you. You worked that out with God. I pray Cardi B gets saved. I, I, that's between her and God. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm trying to help us today. Come on. I have boundaries in my life because I got a call in my life. This friend affected it as I'm starting to close here. Worship team can make your way. If you're new, you're asking, what does that mean? Really nothing, but it sounds good. And get, you, get your blood flowing. I'm tired of talking about coronavirus. I'm going to talk about something that's going to help your families. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all I'm trying to do. You can, you can leave it or take it, man, seriously. Don't shoot the, the messenger. The mailman drops a bill in your mailbox. Do you let your dog get on him? No. Right? God says deliver it. Listen, you got to have some boundaries, folks. I don't, I don't, I don't, and this, this could revolutionize. I mean, Jackie Hill, Janet Boynes, these guys are changing a culture if people will listen to them. And, and they, they don't have a microphone, so they take to Twitter and Instagram. And I say, God bless you. Go. Go. Listen to these podcasts. Listen to these uh, little sit-downs that they have. It's about boundaries, people. And lastly, boundaries help preserve who God has made us to be at our core. This is for especially church families that are raising your kids. Listen, the Bible says if we train them up in the way they should go, when they're old, they will not depart. I know. And I know it doesn't say in the middle, but they can stray in the middle. I did. And some do. But they don't all have to. And they they don't mean they will. but, But here's the thing. You want to preserve them? He's teaching them about these boundaries. Proverbs says this, and this is why I preached the whole series, was this one verse. Guard your heart above all else. Look at that. Don't guard your 401k. I mean, guard it, but he didn't say more than your heart. Guard your heart. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. What's going to matter, and really what translates into our kids making a difference is giving them a good upbringing. Yeah, that matters. That matters. What we leave to them matters, but what we leave in them matters more. 
And that's what this series is about. That's why I'm preaching this whole thing about how to keep a right heart when the world's going crazy. I mean, we've got this virus to deal with. We've got racial injustice that has just blown up and now turned into all kinds of other things. And it's distract. You got, you got all this happening. You have an economy that's suffering. And it's an election year. Isn't it fun? And so your hearts are being pulled everywhere. And, and in the middle of the chaos, as a pastor, and as someone in the community that talks to a lot of other leaders here, what we're seeing is families are getting hit with wrecking balls and are just breaking and just falling apart. It's like the enemy's just sneaking around. He's taking, while we're all distracted over, over the convention and who's doing what and what's going on in, in the death chart and how many cases we got. Those are important. I'm not saying ignore them, but what is more important is who we infect for Christ. That's more important. That's more important, ain't it? We're going to get through this year. We'll wear a mask. They're going to have a vaccine. I don't know if I'm taking it, but anyway, you can. It's, it's going to be out there. It's going to calm down. Um, the point is this. This will pass. But I want to be able to look back in 2020 and say, I didn't blow it in 2020. I, I'm, some of you might have been stumbling and staggering through. But I'm saying, okay, dust yourself off. Put a boundary there. I'm not going back to there. I'm not, I'm not going to go back and do that. Now, this weekend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ghost that text, that person. I ain't doing that, man, because I want to start. God's got a purpose for my life. He's got a purpose for my son, my daughter, my grandson, my granddaughter. It may be too late for me to serve God in 16 and 17 years of age, but it ain't too late for them. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody today. I'm trying to help somebody today. I'm, I'm going to put a boundary there, if not for me, for my family. Come on, if you're going to put a boundary there, I want you to stand on your feet and just put a boundary there. Come on, if you're watching online, put a boundary right in your living room. Come on, put a boundary down right there on your patio. Put a boundary down wherever you're watching this today. As for me and my house, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to put a boundary there. We're going to learn to serve God and honor God's word and love him and, and be a people of compassion for all people. I'm going to teach my kids how to treat one another, to treat one another the same way they want to be treated. No matter the color of their skin, no matter their economic background, no matter their political party even. Come on, somebody. I'm going to show that to my kids. I'm going to show that to my kids. What you, what, what you doing? You're putting a boundary. You're putting a boundary. I'm going to stand for something. Holy Spirit, we need you today. This thing is so, so big. You are still doing a work today in all this craziness. With your heads bowed right now, maybe you're watching online. The first thing I want to say, if you're here or you're watching whenever or wherever you're watching and, and you haven't received Jesus Christ, that first thing I said is you've got to receive Jesus yourself. Don't just go to church. Don't just tune in. Don't just drop a couple comments. I appreciate all the people that are watching. And, but you got to do more than that. you got to receive them. Receive them. Just receive them. Just say yes to Jesus. Well, what do I got to quit doing? What do I got to give up? God will tell you about that. He will tell you where to put your boundaries. But it's got to start with, yes, Jesus. I need Jesus. And if that's you, then you need to surrender to Jesus today. Come on, put that in the chat if you're watching. I'm going to surrender right now. 
I'm going to put that, put that in the chat. I'm, I'm, I'm going to surrender right now. If you're here in the building and you say, Pastor Eddie, I'm going to surrender right now. Just lift your hand up right now. Amen. You need to make a public stand. Look at that. Amen. I'm going to surrender to Jesus right now. Come on. Come on. I'm going to surrender to Jesus right now. I want you to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving me enough to give me boundaries. I repent of my sin today. Forgive me. I've sinned. Wash me clean. Come into my life and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. That's it. You just got forgiven of all of your sins right there. Yep. 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 How does that work? I didn't have to pay nothing. No, no, no. Jesus did. That's why he went to the cross. He paid for that sin. Now listen, everybody else, I think we're gonna, if you're still watching online, I want you to set some boundaries right now in your families and in your lives. Maybe you're watching and you're in Amen. You blew it. You did something you know you shouldn't have done. You listened to what culture said and you lived without boundaries and now, man, you're in some pain. I'm not going to condemn you. God's not saying, see. God says, come on. Get back up. I'm going to wash you off. I want you to put a boundary down. You ain't going to do that no more. Remember John chapter 7, the woman caught in adultery, or chapter 8, she was brought to Jesus. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and do it no more. What was he saying? Put a boundary in your sexuality. But I feel, I know you feel. Put a boundary there because what I got for you is so much better. So much better. You ready to put some boundaries down, mom, dad? You ready to put some boundaries down? Young people, you ready to put some boundaries? College students, if you're watching, high school students. You're more on, on the internet more now than ever. Mom and dad, don't, that don't mean the influence can't get them. It can get them even more. Come on, somebody. You got to put some boundaries here. I'm telling you, it's up to you. Don't put some boundaries in. Put down, put your hand up. I want to pray for you right now all over this room. I'm going to put some, some of you had some boundaries. You knocked them down. It's time to get them back up. You're watching online, you need to put some boundaries back up. That's a boundary, I don't do that no more. You, you go ahead and do it, but I ain't gonna do it because I know where it leads. So Father, right now with every uplifted hand that's watching online and that's here in the building, every relationship, every single person, every young person, middle-aged and older person, we wanna be like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9. I'm going to bring my flesh under control. And I can only do that with the help of your spirit. Father, I pray that you give them your Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Come on, ask them to give you the Holy Spirit right now. Ask them to fill you with the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, if you're watching online, fill me with the Holy Spirit right now. Give me a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit right now. Fill me right now, God. I need your power to put down these boundaries in Jesus' name. Let it be so. Let it be so right now in Jesus' name. Help every family, every parent, every young person that's struggling. 
in this area, God, I do pray that you would help us to put some boundaries up. Thank you for leaving that story as awful as it is to read. Thank you that we can learn something in 2020 and apply it. And I'm going to put some boundaries in my life, Lord. I'm going to be a man or a woman of principle. Because I know you got a purpose for my life. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.